When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are the old world, picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences, with fewer people, and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited-time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information this show is by bringing guests like the guest sitting next to me in studio i'm so happy to have him. he's a multiple golden globe naacp image award and emmy nominated actor and producer we're going to talk about that producer okay because that's okay. the part that i love hearing people talk about he's one of hollywood's most sought after talents he's portrayed martin luther king that's iconic martin luther king jr 2014 bi- biographical drama film selma He's played supporting roles in a lot of films. You just start looking at resume, then your face starts just popping up. Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember. You know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Lincoln, Jack Reacher, The Help, and garnered praise for portraying Louis Gaines and The Butler. I remember that boy. He currently stars opposite Storm Reed in Don't Let Go, the upcoming Bloomhouse tilt release, which I, I saw the movie. And then at the end, I realized it was a Bloom House. I should have realized it was a Bloom House before I saw the movie, and I know what I would, I would be getting into because it's a fantastic movie. The movie premiered at Sundance Film Festival and premiered in Atlanta at the Bronze Lens Film Festival. It was the opening movie. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, David Oyelowo. Hello. Hello, my friend. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Well, you look good, man. Got on all black. Is that the look? Or were you doing press day? Well, you know, I, I, I knew I was going to be meeting you, so I thought I better... I better... Step up. Step yeah, up. exactly. Well, this is regular. This is how I dress regular. Okay. Uh, and, but uh, I'm great to have you in the studio. Let's talk about uh, uh, your career, mm. okay? Um, so, would I say Nigerian? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and through England? I was born in the UK uh, mm-hmm. to Nigerian parents, but I lived in uh, Nigeria from the age of six to 13 before moving back to the UK. Okay, cool. So now you went to the accent there, you know. You, 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 <laughs> this you, is how I talk <laughs> all the time. Okay. No, that's not, that's not how you're talking. I saw you last night in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that, that guy's a, a detective from South Central LA. Absolutely. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun being able to portray all these roles. And yeah. so when I, when I was reading through your resume, and it's just a small part of your resume, you right. know, how do you prepare? Well, uh, you know, my, my philosophy is to go to the character rather than bringing the character to you. So, you know, it's, it's what's on the page. Um, if it's a fictional character, then you have to build that a bit more, um, especially if they're an American 
character. I find someone who is like that character, who's from the place that character is from, in order to be able to build the accent, to be able to build some of the idiosyncrasies. I'm not from here, so I can't assume that I have all the cultural information right. that you need for that role. But if it's a historical figure, then there's a lot more resources. Like the model of the king. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you interview people, you read a lot, you watch documentaries, uh, you do the voice work as well. But, you know, I tend to gravitate towards roles that require a lot of work because I truly believe that as an actor, the idea is to uh, inhabit um, you know, a human being, uh, the likes of which is not you. Uh, right. That, that, that's what makes me feel like I'm going to work. So let's, let's, let's rattle off three movies. The okay. Butler, which is different. Yep. That was doing. And then you had The Help. Yep. And then you have uh, Planet of, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. So different. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare for each one of those? Well, you know, the, the butler, you know, I was playing uh, uh, some Lewis Gaines in that, uh, Forrest Whitaker and Oprah Winfrey's son in that film. And I had to go from being a teenager all the way through That's to right. being in my, in my 60s for that. So that was uh, a lot of reading around history, mm-hmm. um, what was going on in America, especially as it pertains to African-Americans in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. 70s, all the way through mm-hmm. to the presidency of Obama. So mm-hmm. that, that was exhaustive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually had someone to base it on. That, mm-hmm. that, that story was based on a real uh, um, a butler and his son was mm-hmm. still with us so I could mm-hmm. speak to him. And, and so that, that, that was fairly straightforward in terms of the work that was required with that. The help, I was playing a Southern Baptist preacher mm-hmm. in, the, in that film. So, and that was a fictional character within a real context. So mm-hmm. I had to, you know, uh, find a way to not generalize. <laughs> right, right, um, right. Still be specific, but not necessarily have a real person. And then Rise of the Planet of the Apes is just, you know, a, a, an action sort of popcorn movie with that, to be perfectly frank, requires less preparation. Less preparation, but uh, a lot of work still. Yeah. Because there's a certain physical characterization, characterization yeah. that you have to give. Yeah. And then you have to stay within the moment all the time. Absolutely. And so so I would never say, because I can't act. But okay. I, I can tell the joke now, okay. David, but I good, can't good act. Good that you know that. Not everyone knows that. I can tell you right now. <laughs> Rashad McDonald will not show up for any acting classes. Okay. Because I, I tried, paid a lot of money, and somebody told me, this is not what you do. Okay. And so so the movie that, you, that I saw you in, uh, unfortunately, your your team was able to... I, I came back specifically for this movie, for this interview. Oh, wow. I was in Washington, D.C., and uh, and yesterday and I canceled my flight to go to Philadelphia today because I said an opportunity to sit down and talk with a man of your immense talent. Oh, thank and you. when you get an award, and, and what does that mean to you when you are uh, when you receive an award? Because you know you've got the Golden Globe, you got NAACP played iconic role of Martin Luther King Jr., which means that that, that resonated with the African American community. Yeah, which had to be a proud moment for you. And so when you get the Spirit Award, so when you get these awards at each level, that means something to you, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, what I do is a very subjective thing. You know, yes. one person will love that performance, the same performance, another person will hate it. Um, it's, it's art. So it, it's, it's, you know, the, the beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder. So when a group, whether it's... Um, a certain academy or it's a, it's an award that you're being given because the public have decided they enjoyed your performance. That's huge because it basically means that this very subjective thing I do, more people than not have liked it. Right. And, 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 and that does not always happen. Trust me. Um, so, you, you know, that's it's, it's incredibly encouraging. 
And a lot of what I do as an actor is built on confidence. The more confident you are, the more risks you're able to take. Right. I think the more compelling mm -hmm. the, the performances you can give. So it's always encouraging when anyone acknowledges that you've done a good job. Let's talk about why you're here today, because you're promoting a movie that comes out August 30th. Yeah. It's called uh, Don't Let Go, right. uh, a Bloomhouse yes. production. So let me just tell you a little bit about Bloomhouse. If you don't know, uh, the last 10 years, they've produced over 75 horror movies, or, or intense dramas, I would call them as well. Uh, some of the movies you know about, uh, Happy Birthday, The Purge series, mm -hmm. which is uh, the first Purge, which I really like. That just recently came out with had an African-American cast. Mm -hmm. uh, Get Out, we all know about that. Halloween, Us, we all know about that. Glass, Black Klansman. You know, I, I mentioned these African-American movies that, and I have to consider this an African-American star movie, cast movie. Well, you know, I like to think of it as uh, a film that happens to have an African-American yes. cast. What I love about what Blumhouse is doing is that some of their films center around race. Some of them are not. Us, for instance, you know, that could have been uh, a, a, a white family, if you Same like. Same with this movie here, Don't it, Let Go. Exactly. It was actually written as a, as a, as a white family. Mm -hmm. It was set in Ohio, not South Central right. Los Angeles, and not with an African-American cast. And I think that the more of that happens, the better, really, because... I think uh, a black film or African-American films, mm -hmm. there are films that you could rightly label as that, but instantaneously they are limited. It feels like it's for a specific audience. Absolutely. It feels like it doesn't have a far reach. We've been told this lie forever that black doesn't travel. Right. And, and, Especially internationally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, can you imagine uh, uh, Jay-Z or Kanye West's music being deemed black music? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just mm -hmm. great music. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the world loves it. Right. Uh, and I like to think think of that as what's starting to happen with films that have predominantly African-American casts or black casts or African casts. They just, just be deemed great movies because a white cast uh, uh, or, a, or a film with a predominantly white cast is not called a white movie. Right. Like um, Endgame. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Not that, that's movie. not a white movie. So, you know, I think I think that the, the, the getting beyond that is going to be huge for the business side of, of, of making movies for African-Americans and black people generally and brown people generally, because um, at the end of the day, I don't think that's why people watch movies, especially when you are going for a broad audience. Well, it's really interesting because I, I'm older than you and I grew up under the black, expo black exploitation films. Right. Well, these movies were specifically created for the black market. Right. You know, it was the, it was the black guy versus the whitey, you right. know. We got it. We, we and our, our whole purpose is that we got over. Mm -hmm. That was the whole theme of these movies. Mm -hmm. And I, you're absolutely right. When I look at the movies, and I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud that First Purge was the highest grossing movie out of that series. Mm. That means that it sold overseas. Right. Because I follow international dollars, and mm -hmm. it's important when I see, you know, and I'll be honest, you know, a Denzel movie destroys domestically. Mm-hmm. They don't push it overseas. Right. And so and a lot of it has to do with not pushing it overseas, right. not putting you on those press junkets, you know, in, in England, in Germany, in France, in China, in Korea, in Africa. These are the junkets that get you those international eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And that's important. How do you think we can break that? How do you think it's just a system? It's just to keep working at it because that's what you're doing. You have an international brand. You, you appear in international movies, so your name has cachet. That helps, correct? I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you decide something isn't going to be a success internationally, it won't. 
Right. You know, uh, uh, what happens with studios a lot of the time is they s literally just decide. They decide <laughs> who's going to be a star, yes. what's going to be a success, yeah. mm -hmm. and they put the dollars behind it mm -hmm. to drive that success. And if on top of that you actually have a good product, yes. then you really have something on your hands. I right. think we've seen with some of those films that you mentioned earlier, Get Out, Us, uh, you could add Black Panther to that. These are all the kinds of films that traditionally were what we were told Mm, that that's not going to work. The Butler that you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. we couldn't get that film made. No studio wanted to make it. Mm -hmm. It ended up making a hundred and seventy million dollars mm -hmm. on a on a, I think twenty million dollar budget. Mm -hmm. If all those studios had anticipated that amount of <laughs> yes. this, trust me, they would have come on board. Absolutely, and that's what we we're talking about on the show and about the show that we're talking about uh, the producer mm -hmm. of the movie uh, Don't Let Go. Um, the thing about it premiered this week. You got the uh, Trailblazer Award. That's at the, right. uh, I say, premiered this week at the uh, Bronze Lens Films Festival. It premieres in the, in the theaters August 30th. That's right. And um, when you got that honor, what ran through your mind? Well, I, I sort of focused on the, the phrase trailblazer. And the truth of the matter is I, I absolutely stand on the shoulders of several actors who've gone before me, who have opened the doors that Absolutely. I've walked through. A lot of them whose names we don't even know because they, they had to work so hard to break ground that was so tough. Um, and I'm just so glad that I live in a world now where someone like Storm Reid can be playing the kind of role she gets to play in Don't Let Go. That just wasn't happening when I was younger. Absolutely. Uh, you know, she was 14 when we made this film. The idea that a 14-year-old girl can Those, get this opportunity. Range. Yeah, exactly. The range, the opportunity... Um, to be able to build a career early. I mean, you mentioned Denzel Washington. You could talk about Sam Jackson. You can talk about a bunch of other actors as well. They weren't afforded these kind of opportunities until mm -hmm. they were deep into their 30s, their 40s, but they had 60s. been working. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You look at Morgan Freeman mm -hmm. uh, uh, as well to add to that. They were not being afforded opportunities as teenagers. Right. Uh, or even in their 20s, or even in their 30s. <laughs> Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and that, that's a great change to see. So when I got that award, you know, my determination is to keep on uh, not, not just opening the doors, but just removing the hinges so that more people can come through. Cool. Uh, we'll be back with more Money Making Conversation, continue to talk of this great movie that comes into theaters uh, August 30th. It's called Don't Let Go. Uh, I'm sitting next to the producer, star of the movie. He's, you know, you got this accent, you know. <laughs> He says, he says, this is real accent. I, 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 I'm working with an accent, too. <laughs> Be right back with more Money Making Conversation. Thank you all for listening. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation. I'm the host uh, in studios, uh, David Oyelowo. Um, he's starring in the movie Don't Let Go. It's a intense, first of all, let's, let's start out. You're a producer I am. in this movie. Yeah. Was that important that you were a producer in this movie? Well, initially they approached me uh, um, about it and I became very passionate about the film. I, I saw there was a real opportunity here, like I said to you before. It was set on a farm in Ohio. It was with a white cast. But when I came on board, I thought, let's make it specific. It's also a very tough genre, mm -hmm. time travel. So I really rolled my sleeves up with uh, Jacob Estes, the producer, and I started doing the kind of work that is what a producer <laughs> does. And so Jason Blum, who is the founder of, of, of Blumhouse, was the one who invited me on as a producer because he recognized that I was already rendering those services. Right. I've, I've, <laughs> I've produced other movies as well. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what happens when I get passionate about, about films. I just dig in and, and, and try and give it its best chance in the marketplace. Here's the interesting thing about your talents because, um, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm watching, like right now, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you're acting or you're being David. Okay. Because in the movie, now I know you're supposed to be acting. Right. But you're... Your, your casualness in delivering lines, especially when you, it, it, I, I can talk about the opening scene a little bit. Right. When, she, when you're going to pick her up. Yeah. You know, and you it, it's like, that's just a, that's a God-given talent. Right. But you also worked to build on that craft. Right. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, I, I often say to people who um, say they're aspiring actors, they say, how can I get into acting? What I always say is the difference between Good and great is hard work. Yes, sir. And my job is to make it look effortless. You, know? you do. Um, well, thank you. But a lot of work goes into that, <laughs> uh, especially when I'm playing someone who's very much not me or not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when we walk through life, there isn't, hopefully anyway, depending on the stress levels we have, mm-hmm. there is an effortlessness mm-hmm. about it. And, and people can read, smell, hear, and taste the truth. Right. On film. And so my, my job is to try and, and try and do that. And that's, you know, I trained at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. I did a bunch of theater. You know, I've, I've played smaller roles sometimes because I specifically wanted to work with great directors and be around great actors so that I could learn. You know, I, I took on one scene in Lincoln just to be around Steven Spielberg and my hero, Daniel Day-Lewis. I did one scene in Interstellar uh, with, with Christopher Nolan because I wanted to be around him and that mm-hmm. great cast. I did one scene in The Help because I wanted to be around <laughs> Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer mm-hmm. and, and, and these great, great actors and actresses because that is how you learn. And no one can take those experiences away from you. I'd much rather do one scene in a great film with great people than be the lead in three movies that are terrible with terrible uh, directors and terrible writing because that sticks. Mm -hmm. You know, I sometimes work with actors. I see actors who the work that they have done begins to infect, maybe even erode their talent. And that is definitely what you don't want. Well, you know, it's really great when you mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis because The Last Mohican. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably 15 times I've seen it. You right. Know, because right. it's that Very body nice. of work. You yeah. know, I've seen Selma three times. Right. It's that body of work. You know, if my wife, she, she gets annoyed at me. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm got Infinity Cable. If the direct TV goes out, guess right. what? Because the clouds came over, I got my cable. Right. I'm not going to miss my show. Okay? Right. And so when I, when, I, when I come across scenes that I, I, just, I, just, I just, iconic scenes, hmm. I, I'm married to those. Hmm. And so when you develop work like that, it really has to feel like a, a tremendous blessing. That's what you're talking about, those moments. Give me that moment to work with great directors, great producers, great talents, because those moments mean have more value to you than just to just do projects that don't have so much of the work tied to it or the talent tied to it. Well, you know, a lot of people want to be in movies. A lot Absolutely. of people want to be in the entertainment industry. There are only a few who feel like when you watch their movies, when you see them talk about it, when you... Um, are around them you just know they were absolutely born to it and they are truly great and that their work is going to outlast them okay cool uh to be around those people is a very unique and special thing you know ava duvernay is one of those people oh yes you know steven spielberg is one of those people christopher nolan is one of those people um and and oprah winfrey oprah winfrey is one of those (laughs) is one of those people they they are they are people who are singular Yes. And when you're around them, it's not so much that you are trying to be them. Mm-hmm. You actually get a glimpse into why they are, who they are. Mm-hmm. And the consistent thing I have found is, yes, they have talent, but their passion and hard mm-hmm. work is unmatched. 
And so, you know, that's what you're seeing when you watch those films, when you see that scene that you just think, I come back to it time and time again. Like, I can watch Malcolm X forever. Yes. You know, that yes. is just such when great work. By, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You know, Spike Lee and Denzel Washington's work in that, in that film is just extraordinary. Uh, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson and, and Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood is another favorite of mine. Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. These are just moments. Oh, where, you where, just where, pulling where, out that list on me now. Huh? Well, but they're caught light and lightning in a bottle. I mean, you say you watch them. Those are, those are my go-tos as well. And they are the things that I always go to for inspiration when I'm trying to do good work. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the movie. I want to Tell us about the movie, Don't Let Go. So Don't Let Go uh, centers around my character, Jack Radcliffe, who's a uh, detective in South Central Los Angeles, and his niece, as played by Storm Reed. Her name is Ashley in the film. And we have this beautiful relationship, Absolutely. beautiful uncle-niece relationship. A tragedy happens. My family is murdered. That mm -hmm. includes my niece, my brother, and my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. And uh, my character is in the process of grieving when he suddenly gets a phone call from his niece. How is that possible? It seems that time has split and she is calling from two weeks before her murder. Mm -hmm. He realizes that there may be a chance that he can reach through time and save her. Well, you know, let's, let's talk. That's great because I want to hear how you describe it so I won't give away anything about the whole concept of the movie. Right. Okay. Now, when, I, when, when that phone call came through, mm -hmm. the, I, you know, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is this is. This, What's happening here? Right. Is it, are we about to go there with some scary stuff? Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and and but you held it. You held the course. You held the truth. Your your, your role, how you played it, kept me centered mm. because it was a level a level of disbelief. Right. Of trying to understand because your logic as a detective stayed to the forefront. Right. You know, except when you walked in that house and you saw a dead body, I went, that's that's not black, right? <laughs> you, I'm you outside. Know. I'm outside calling, David. I'm calling. Excuse me, some dead people. I just saw some dead it, it people. It may not be black, but it is detective. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's why I went back because you pulled out the gun and stuff. Oh, right, detective. Right, he can do that. Okay, right. he can seek out the scene. But one of the great scenes that you have because they thought you uh, committed the crime. Right, and your acting moment for me mm -hmm. is when they were accusing you, and then you made that tremendous switch mm -hmm. and said yes to me. That was brilliant, man. Huh. That's the part of the game when you watch a movie like Don't Let Go, when you see a guy with your acting chops, to make that switch. And then, and it was such a sarcastic moment. Mm -hmm. How? For a guy who cannot act, <laughs> standing in front of a guy who won tremendous, tremendous awards for acting, mm -hmm. played an iconic character mm -hmm. of Martin Luther King Jr., has been praised throughout the acting industry. How do you do that? Well, one of the things I loved about doing Don't Let Go is even though it has this far-fetched conceit, we always knew that we were going to ground it in authenticity, there you go. in reality. There you go. So that you're not just, we're not just saying, okay, go on this ride with us, believe in time travel, believe that there are different dimensions that are interconnecting. We show you someone who is also in a state of disbelief, also trying to get his head around what's going on. And he's reacting in very real ways to what is happening to him and happening around him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why you're able to um, connect with those moments, because right. I like to think that anyone going through what my character goes through in this movie would probably have similar reactions. And mm -hmm. then you add the fact that he deeply loves his niece. 
He is a detective. He is a specific character, but a lot of what he's reacting to and the way he's reacting is the way one would react under these circumstances. Yes, that's very true. You know, the interesting thing about the movie and watching the movie is that there is a degree of reality because mm-hmm. we're we're born in a lifestyle. You know, you know, we look out of the corner of your eye. Did I see something? Right. Was that was that was that a movement over there? What's going on? You mm-hmm. know. There is the belief that there are ghosts. There mm-hmm. is the belief that there is a sixth sense. And so in telling this story, mm-hmm. I bought into it. Right. I sure. bought into it. I bought into it to the sense that I wanted I wanted you to, because it, 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 was, question, it was causing you to question your sanity. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And so once you, so that's a world that we know can be very real mm-hmm. to people who live in it. Mm-hmm. That's what sold me on the movie. Right. As long as it stayed into you questioning your sanity, dealing with the reality, is it real or not? Are you paranoid? Are you going crazy because of the death of your entire family? What is happening? Is this, are these phone calls for real? Is anybody hearing it except me? How, how can I deal with these things? Don't come into my house when she came by the house. Mm-hmm. All these things were very important for me to buy into the concept that Don't Let Go is a movie you should go. August 30th, that's when you're going to be there in the theaters doing your thing. This is one of the many, many opportunities of of, of work that you have. You have anything coming up that we can talk about or just, just focus on this? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you know, I, I obviously uh, don't let go is, is, is something I'm incredibly proud of and mm-hmm. I can't wait for people to see, but I just directed a film myself uh, called the Waterman. Uh, oh, yes. mm-hmm. Alfred Molina, who's in don't mm-hmm. let go yeah. is also in that film mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, two very wonderful young actors, Lonnie Chavis and Amaya Miller. Mm-hmm. But we also have Rosario Dawson and Maria Bello in that film. And it's my directorial debut. I'm in post-production on that right mm-hmm. now. Um, and then I have a film called Chaos Walking coming out, which is an origin story of uh, Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Myself and Angelina Jolie play the parents of Alice and Peter in that film. Uh, a film called Chaos Walking coming out. A film called Peter Rabbit 2 bragging, coming out. Bragging, um, well, you did ask. So I, might, I might as well tell you. Um, so, uh, so I have four kids. I'm just trying to keep the wolf from the door. I've got to feed them. Um, so, um, so yeah, no, some good stuff. Well, David, thank you for coming on my show, man. The movie will be out this uh, August 30th. That's right. Uh, don't let go. Uh, thank you, for man. You're, you're brilliant. Uh, no, I'm a fan. I will keep promoting your brand and keep... Uh, Telling everybody that he can do what I can't do, and I'm proud of it. Well, you can do what I can't do as well, so I'm proud of you. Thank you for blessing. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you.